0: Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the eyes full. Welcome back to Life from the Well. Tales from the service industry. My name's Joey and I'm your bartender. And Peter, the barback, has called in sick. Typical (laughs) barback. We miss you, Peter. Um, but joining us today is a uh, fellow bartender, former bar manager. You know, you all let him fill in all the blanks. But uh, Todd Hamm. Todd's joining us. Uh, welcome today, Todd.
1: Hey, gang. What's going on? And of course, with on the any shift that you're understaffed when somebody calls in sick, we could get hit with a rush at any time. I know. We could be in the weeds before we know it.
0: And there's no one to keep the ice full. Yeah. Or it's bust okay. the tables. But that's all right. His presence <laughs> will be missed. good guy, <laughs> and all the awkward silences when I stop talking, and Peter usually jumps in. Uh, so you'll just have to fill in the gaps. We'll fill in there.
1: the gaps with drinking
0: these Rainiers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll totally help. So moving on from that, welcome Todd. Um, Thanks for having welcome me. Welcome to the show. Welcome to everything. And like I said, you've you've done a couple things in the service industry. Mm-hmm. So instead of me. Guessing at it and trying to remember everything you do <laughs> Once you, you get us started and just say uh, You know, what uh, What are all the things you've done so far? Yeah, so um,
1: Joey mm-hmm. Hi Joey hey. I've worked with Joey for the last almost five years mm-hmm. um, At a, an agave Bar Kind of Tex-Mex Mexican restaurant with I call it Cmex, a North, <laughs> Yeah, sure <laughs> With a Northwest bent uh, Ingredients and stuff Um, but I got into the service industry when I was 20. Um, I had been painting houses, uh, and my, my girlfriend at the time was a barista for like Mm. for the summer. Um, and she came home one day and she was like, I made like $60 in tips, you know? And I was like, what am I doing? That sounds awesome.
0: Like I (laughs) want tips. Like I just worked eight hours today and yeah hard labor and didn't even make that. Yeah. Um
1: so I had a friend who worked at Papa John's pizza. Nice. And got me a job there as a pizza delivery driver. And you know, that you earn tips delivering pizzas and stuff, but go along with that, you also like wash dishes. You kind of do everything there, help make mm. pizzas. Um so started doing that and then graduated to, I had another friend who worked at a restaurant called McCormick and Schmick's downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I've no, heard of it. no longer there anymore, <laughs> but yeah, that was, and that was when I was 21 I moved over to that job as a busser and I, I just got hooked. It was like the next thing Yeah, I was going to school, like I was in college. Um, but I got an English degree. And so I was seeing the writing on my, on the wall at, at, so at that point, I think, I was like, I'm going to need a job to hold me over until I can figure out how and if I can use this degree. <laughs> <laughs> so, after like a year of that, um, I, I it was before the recession, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be a bartender. Early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Early, really. It was probably about 2005 or six. Mm, early to mid, I guess. I'm sure yeah, I and. But I had always loved like the bar, the bar atmosphere and like bartending, mixing drinks. It just looked cool. It looked like mm-hmm. fun being back there. I loved being yeah. like the bar, the busser who was in the bar. He was like the bar back, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the most fun shift I felt. Right. And I would always, you know, ask him to help me or if I could like pour a beer for him, you know, or just be involved somehow. Totally. And so I f- looked up and found a bartending school in Bellevue. Nice. Which I did because they had automatic job placement. Because, like I said, it was before the recession, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Bam, automatic job placement." This sounds like a great idea. So I did that, and then just a sequence of crazy bar jobs at sometimes underprepared establishments. <laughs> you know sure. that like uh, I worked at like a place that was just opening. You know, and the guy turned out to just not have the money to open a restaurant. Oh, and so we would just run out of shit all the time. Uh-huh. You know, like, worked for a couple guys well there. vodka, for example. <laughs> you know, 86 and I, well vodka. <laughs> yeah, the Colin would be like, <laughs> hey, man, I'm using Grey Goose as the well again. Mm-hmm. He's like,
0: no, why? like, because you didn't buy any well vodka. Because we don't have any other vodka. Yeah, wants a vodka, I have to so go yeah. next
1: door and get ice from the like, convenience store. But. Yeah, one thing led to another. And so it's been like 15 years uh, to abbreviate the story. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just a series of serving and bartending jobs. And then I was the bar manager at our our current spot Mm -hmm. for about four, four and a
0: half years. Yeah. Awesome. So it sounds like you really just kind of spent a good... Like all your life, pretty much, uh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> probably like a whole life, I guess. Yeah, four, about fourteen years, so up to this point, fifteen, mm-hmm. something like that. Bartender, or pizza delivery guy, buster, server, bartender, mm-hmm. bar manager. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite of all those things? Do you think
1: I like? I like being a bar manager. Just at you know, at this point, and mm-hmm. and as long as I still get to bartend. Sometimes there was sure. that period. The where working they, bar manager. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There was that. There was that period where they made me uh, not do like the tipping shifts mm-hmm. and only work the floor as a manager. Yeah. Um, just because they needed to fill those. working just a supervisor uh, on position versus shifts. just the bar position. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Supervisor. And I would still, you know, I was the whole time I was doing just all the ordering, all the prep for tap, tap cocktails, ingredients and stuff. But, mm. um, at that one point they made me go on salary and phase out of actual bartending. It, but i i worked the system yeah. you know and that only lasted like 5 months mm-hmm. and i was like i can't do it anymore cuz i was also going to sc- like i went back to grad school yeah you can do the full like, salary oh, okay yeah but they never replaced load. me yeah <laughs> which is yeah. awesome so i just basically kept doing it but could st- work for tips
0: yeah and that's always the goal
1: i've always felt like if you're going to run a bar you know just like running a kitchen as a chef you know mm-hmm. you should you should work on that kitchen line. Right. Sometimes if you're the chef and you should work in the bar, if you're the bar manager, you know, if you're going to be like making the cocktail list, Mm -hmm. you know, if you put a cocktail that's on the menu, that's a pain in the ass to make. Yeah. You know, should be the one you should also be willing to make it. Right. You know, plus liquor cost
0: is coming down to you a lot of the times. And so if you're out there pouring the liquor, then you're able to keep a little more control over that. Yeah. If you're that gatekeeper.
1: Yeah, for sure. It helps. (laughs) <laughs> it's nice, nice to have your hands in it. Yeah, yeah. Or have people mm-hmm. that you trust, like my man Joey
0: over there. Hi.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, I, from being the bar manager, like, what, what do you think is like the best aspects of it? Then, like, you, you love like just like the human interaction. I mean, the tips are, are great, but but um, you know, the the creativity side, the, mm-hmm. the human side, kind where of. Where's your, where do you lean the most? i
1: uh, I would definitely say that the creative aspect of it is my most is my favorite part Mm -hmm. um i've always needed like creative outlet and stuff and i was mixed in there i was like a freelance uh writer and like music journalist for like nine years um between graduating from school and going back to school Mm -hmm. and that was like a creative outlet and then but and an additional creative outlet of just getting to make experiment with whatever on the shelf that you had and you could go buy crazy ingredients and like augment those uh ingredients with different flavors and just throw a bunch of shit together that you didn't really have to pay for you know um and that's i'm not saying like be frivolous and just like you know dump a fancy liquor down the the drain or your throat you know but
0: where else should it go other than my throat yeah exactly
1: (laughs) that's the best place for it but having that little wiggle room you know where you Mm -hmm. can experiment with things and just like try different versions of a bunch of uh cocktails and stuff like that like oh i wonder if this goes together yeah you know and sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't sometimes you tweak it and it turns out great sometimes you know you let your fellow bartenders try it mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, everybody, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Which opinion. is good. Yeah. Cause oh,
0: totally. Well then you get a crap, you know, hone it up. Exactly. Yeah. Something that tastes good for the group, for the crowd instead of just yourself. Yeah. It's like you, you sharpen it mm-hmm. like a pencil until
1: it gets to the point that you want it at, you know, and like have bouncing it uh, off of your bartender friends is a great idea. And plus sharpen it like bartenders are usually not opposed mm-hmm. to trying to Free liquors. So. Oh, yeah. I mean that's are <laughs> always willing to help.
0: It's not even really a question. It's it's more part it's part of your obligation mm-hmm. you know, as a bartender is to lend your palate to your your fellows, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and give them your honest opinion on oh, how yeah. the drink tastes and, and then how you feel afterwards, how strong it was maybe.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's mm-hmm. always yeah, good
1: something to take into account. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's <laughs> like the chef tasting their food for it goes out.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah other than that i'm a virgo
0: <laughs>
1: and um yeah got a couple kids i feel like being a parent also is also a funny being a parent bartender is also something that happens sometimes when you
0: yeah since you've done both when like you what, what's the, uh...
1: <laughs> the older you get more people you work with have like kids and stuff sometimes that and weird. that's kind of a funny balance but that's another reason like i was drawn to our uh, current spot it's I've worked at clubs I know you have with, mm-hmm. that are open till two in the morning.
0: Yeah. So
1: you're there till and, three. Oh, yeah. You know, get, get home by three like thirty four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Fall asleep. And have to get up at like four thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. Six, seven, eight in the morning with your kids. Like yeah, that was geez. not sustainable. So, yeah. But bartending yeah. in a restaurant
0: was a good idea. We closed at 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found. um I mean that's that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't think about when think of bartenders is the, the different kind of hours that it requires of you. I mean there's there's real very specific shifts you know that <laughs> that that can be tough to work you know and and uh, yeah I really like the restaurant too because we work at a, at a in a restaurant that closes at eleven before midnight you know and so we we just serve drinks for the people that are eating dinner and then we go home
1: yeah and <laughs> get to bed at kind of a decent hour and yeah. You know, hit that jujitsu jam or that's right. I like to joke that
0: i'm <laughs> I'm one of the only bartenders in Seattle that probably gets to bed before midnight. <laughs> yeah yeah, some nights yeah. some nights were there a little late Some late. nights, but yeah for the most part, I mean it's it's uh it's really nice to be able to do that and not have to stay later, but I think that's just part of aging in the industry too, you know mm-hmm. it's it's part of I mean when we were when I was in my twenties, like I thought it was so much fun. But even even without kids, I don't want to stay out until three anymore. But I could see if I had kids, that would be even more of an urgency.
1: Yeah. It's like the service industry is the best kind of job to have if you're in your 20s or even, I mean, no matter what age you're in, Mm -hmm. but age bracket you're in. But if you are either just moving to like a city and want to get to know people, I always tell people like, working in the service industry is a great way to do that. Yeah, totally. Or, or if you, 500%. or if you like, uh, perks, <laughs> it's a good industry to be in, you know?
0: <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it's a whole subculture of people. I mean, like it's, uh-huh. it's more than just a job, you know, you see the, cause those are the people that work the same schedule as you now. And so, mm-hmm. so you're, you're really, and I mean, you look at probably any city and we always joke that like the service industry in Seattle is, is, uh, is a really small community. But I think it's probably like that in, in most cities, you know, where it's yeah. just any time you have, you know, a, a specific group of people that live, you know, by, by kind of on the outskirts of normal society, just by their, because they're forced to work the different hours and different days. Yeah, you kind of bond. You start, yeah, you start bonding because <laughs> you're working Christmas together, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and then you're, you're going through these really stressful dinner rushes and all that. And so you're leaning on other people, you know, mm-hmm. when you can't physically, you know, hold up to the demand. You know, someone else is there to help, and yeah. so you—you you, you get that you,
1: battle mentality. Yeah, so you're like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a trip. High five! John yeah, and I high five all the time when we make it through the rest. Yeah, um, high f-
0: fiving is kind of a mandatory thing in our restaurant. Exactly. We even we make we make the our celebrity <laughs> chef owner high five us sometimes. It's exactly, and <laughs> it's like
1: Anthony Bourdain said, it's like the last outpost of the outcast of mm-hmm. the legal service industry. Yeah. So a ragtag group, ragtag group of hooligans, man.
0: <laughs> people that like to play with the fire and, uh, and brandish knives. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We don't want to get judged. No shaming for our crazy derelict lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: true. Yeah. Yep, and they're coming after us.
1: I know. It's, yeah, it's it's changing some t- for sure. But there'll always be places I feel like for people like be us. The outskirts
0: of society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's always there's always a place for the outcast. Yeah. Indeed. Whether it's a island of broken toys or <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, getting cinema. Uh okay. So that was kind of my life
0: story, I guess. Life story? Yeah. Through it. We did. Have. It. Nice. Wait, should we have five? Okay. We should have five. All right. Um So have you ever um run into have you ever had uh, I guess uh, who's the most interesting person I think you've met in a bar? Oh man. Oh. I always liked to
1: Another one of my favorite parts of the service industry is getting to know other bartenders or just people who work in the industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, you go check out their spot after they've you know been in at your place or whatever. Sure. And you get to kind of see their spin on like how to run a bar or work in a different spot and. What am I? What I know one of our mutual favorite people is was Murray Stetson, Murray mm-hmm. the Blur, Murray the Blur, who is like Seattle's most famous bartender, yeah, for the last 20, 30 years. I don't yeah, know. yeah, probably but, one of the
0: most iconic bartenders,
1: yeah. So, I, yeah, right. I've always liked to kind of follow him around town and go work or just go sit at the bar, doing. yeah, uh, you know, and grab a snack and order cocktails from, from Murray, wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. He's an endlessly interesting guy and yeah. he is it's not just that he makes amazing cocktails and always has but he's got this like hyperactive like you know obsessive-compulsive way that he manages his space efficiently mm-hmm. which is just amazing to me yeah i remember back in the day we were at the zigzag which he worked like 12 12 years ago probably
0: yeah, that was his main that was like kind of where that's how he got like mm-hmm. probably the most famous
1: after like yeah, il bistro post, or, alley, post yeah, alley yeah yeah that whole little area and like you know he was like just obsessively stirring it was maybe an old-fashioned or something he was making mm-hmm. it for me that like this variation that he had made up you know yeah. and then he poured a little taste he's like try, try this is it is it good good enough for how much you like it you know like mm-hmm. um do i need to, do you want me to add anything to it <laughs> and so i tried i was like oh it's delicious great thanks and so he, he poured me the drink and then like Two minutes later, he's he's out behind, you know, outside of the bar, walking around, checking on the tables and stuff like that, mm-hmm. cleaning the bar from the other side, you know, uh, right next to me. You know, he's checking up, like, uh, how is everything? Still good? Still good? You know? I'm like, yeah. yeah, man. And they were busy, too. It's not
0: like... It yeah. Was, well, that's why they called him Mur the Blur. Like Murr the he was, Blur, yeah. He was, <laughs> he was a blur. Like, he was so fast. Like, yeah. And that was his... I think that was one of the keys that to his uh, speed was his efficiency and his mise en place. And oh, yeah. Shout out to Murray. Hell, yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't know. That's he's always somebody I look at, uh, has, have looked up to as an interesting dude and just extremely good at his craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as far as other most interesting people, I'm not sure. Any, uh, just, I don't know. What, Waiting on like D list celebrities every now and then is kind of a <laughs> we funny get that every thing, once in a while. Cantina. Oh, uh, I have right, to the place we work at. It, yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> a lot of cantinas out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So one time, Joey and I were taking the trash out. <clears throat> like, I, as another as front of the house staff, I always like to try to help. You know, oh, yeah. like if if it's, the dishwasher and the the kitchen line are we way behind, you know, at the end of the night, it's 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 always nice to I want to lend a hand and. And those guys help us out too, all the time too. It's it's a great, great environment we got right now. But so we were taking the garbage out, and you have to go across the street behind this other restaurant because it's like a shared garbage situation, and it's right behind a well-known jazz club that is. They have great bookings mm-hmm. and. Bert Bacharach walks out. Bert! Bacharach. Shout out, shout out to Bert. Yeah. Yeah, shut <laughs> really He's the next really had to stop myself from going, Bert Bacharach, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> like Austin Powers. But uh, he walks out
2: <laughs>
1: and we're taking the garbage out, you know, and he's mm-hmm. like getting into their limousine or whatever to go to the hotel or airport or whatever. And we're like, oh my God, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? We knew it was. I don't know if we would have recognized him if his son hadn't been into our work earlier. And
0: Well, his son, his son, uh, kind of like called his dad over to us. You know, he's like, hey, "You guys want to meet my dad?" Yeah, because like,
1: we had like totally taken t- care, of yeah, early, know? care of him really. took care of him And he told day. me that he was, and he had, he's in his house band, I think. Burt's mm-hmm. house band. Yeah, so he said
0: that there were two in the country. And yeah, he, he was playing with his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And that was. Uh,
1: that was like the best experience I've ever had taking out the garbage, I have to say. Yeah, that was, that was mean, probably
0: <laughs> the coolest time I've ever
1: taken out the garbage, for yeah. sure. But yeah. uh, that was another just surprise cameo that made our night more interesting. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, The industry can be unpredictable. Sometimes they'll throw you at it, some asshole regulars that, <laughs> you know, you are <laughs> rather, they weren't your regulars. But other times the throw universe throws you a back rack yeah. in the alley while you're taking the garbage out.
0: And you get to be like, hey... That's Albert rack. And then we went back and told all the cooks that yeah, well, like, we were taking the garbage the out one for them. The one night we let like, you the take one time the garbage out for us. <laughs> we did something nice for him Something <laughs> awesome happened to us. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty fun. Uh, left-handed or right-handed? I am
1: right-handed. Mm-hmm. Although, I've always tried to be ambidextrous with some things I do. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I was like shaking, especially since I, I've injured my right shoulder, which mm-hmm. my dominant shoulder. I've had you mix you to mix drinks a lot more ambidextrously and southpaw and you know like throwing a baseball football with my left hand with my kids and stuff mm-hmm. it's become more of a necessity so i've gotten better. Getting better at it yeah yeah it's, yes. it's kind of fun it's like yeah. a new challenge yeah but the thing that it has hindered most is bartending for sure yeah because you can't a, i can't all the time game, pour game like two half. bottles at once you know yeah
0: one in each hand and oh well <laughs> yeah that sucks. I'm used to that, though. You always get hurt and have to come to work and be like, well, eh, ibuprofen's your friend, man. Yep. <laughs> and tequila. And tequila. Yeah. I mean, coffee. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just like coffee on its own. Every once in a while, i put some it. Well, me
1: too. We live in Seattle.
0: Oh, I was just thinking last time I put just whiskey and coffee without anything else. And it took two things I liked and made something I didn't like that much
1: yeah that's that's always a uh, the risk you run yeah. but over the years working in the service industry so long like i've come up with some pretty good combos i mean we've like too, that carajillo is one of my over the last couple of years one of my favorite coffee drinks that i picked up in guadalajara mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and if you order it down there it's just they pull a fresh out of espresso and then they give you a little glass with ice and liquor quarantine trace liquor 43 which is mm-hmm. supposedly has 43 ingredients but mm. it, the gist it just of it is like, like vanilla orangey <laughs> yeah. vanilla yeah. yeah which and it's fairly sweet mm-hmm. so you just put that a shot of that on ice with that a shot really of good with espresso yeah. and it's it's super delicious mm-hmm. and you can shake it and it's foamy that's that's one of my favorites that's pretty good yeah, coffee and booze can be done well. It can also for be sure. done terribly, like you said. Yeah.
0: I don't know what it was. I think it was... It might have just been, like... I think it was Janison or something. It was just, like, not hot enough coffee with, like, Jan... It was, uh, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just a bad morning, maybe. Bold flavors. Gotta marry him right. Yeah. For sure. Just um, like Joey and I. Speaking of cocktails that you uh, <laughs> have created, Todd, <laughs> um, I think... Uh, so today we're we do we do a cocktail every episode? We do a little cocktail history on that cocktail every episode. Um, there's no website I can look at today for the cocktail history because the cocktail is one that you created. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called a Miss Caparol Spritz, and oh, so yeah. it's it's a it's a take on an Aperol Spritz um, with our own little with your own flair on it. I call I say R because it's a current cocktail at the restaurant that we both oh, work yeah, at, yeah, and still so, on the list. I'm I'm claiming, I, I claim ownership. I claim ownership on my own cocktail menu, even mm-hmm. if I don't make the drinks. Sorry, good bartender Joey. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, that's the drink we're gonna do today. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Mesquite Raw Spritz since you're the one that uh, came up with it? It's kind of fun to. Sure. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, one of the things that has always been kind of a jumping-off point, creating cocktails and stuff, is. Taking established cocktails and putting your own spin on it, um, I've always felt, and the older I get, the more I realize you can't break the rules mm. unless you know what those rules are, you mm. know, to begin with. And that's
0: how we got the Negroni. I mean, a hundred years ago, it was a, it was a different cocktail, and they changed the two ingredients, and yeah, it became a different cocktail altogether. So. Was it
1: the Presbyterian first, like the the whiskey Campari? Bit?
0: No, it was a uh, it was the Americano, so oh, it was just okay. the Campari. Vermouth and soda water, and they took out yeah. the soda water and added gin. That's good to know. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, you know, over the, the years, especially working in an agave bar, we've, we've it's been really fun actually to be creative because there are so many like really established, well known tequila or mescal cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you can make so many different variations on a margarita, you know? and throw different flavors and stuff in it. And it's obviously fun and delicious. That's why everybody knows it. Totally. But it's it's also really fun having the... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's also really fun having the, uh, the resources of like a really pretty well-stocked gastro cocktail bar, you know, fancy mm-hmm. cocktail bar. For sure. To play with the tequila and mezcal flavors. So this one, I've found that, Both like Campari and Aperol play pretty well with Mezcal Mm -hmm. because Mezcal is such a strong flavor. You you have to like put something else that's strong alongside it Mm -hmm. so it can kind of compete. Sure. Um, And we also have an industrial smoker at our work. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to smoke a lot of ingredients, like get that smoky flavor on it. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I found that takes on that smoke flavor flavor really well is or is curacao okay um so orange liqueur you know think like grand marnier or uh cointreau or those are curacao's orange mm-hmm. flavored liqueurs and more things to go great with agave yeah, yeah exactly and it the smoky flavor when you it takes on smoke really well i feel like things with either fat or sugar in it take on smoke really well mm-hmm. um and for this variation today i don't have an industrial smoker at home. So I just, I was telling, as I was telling you when I got here, yeah, I how'd just, you, how'd you make it at I home? <laughs> home <then? laughs> yeah. I <laughs> lit uh, part of a, a paper grocery bag on fire on my granite countertop, but I put a sheet tray. If my wife's listening, I put a sheet tray <laughs> on top of the counter. So I didn't, wouldn't burn the counter. Hmm. Um, and then made a little ice bath with, uh, aluminum foil, uh, because you don't want the alcohol to burn off in whatever you're applying smoke flavor to. And then I put the orange liquor or the curacao in a coffee cup. Cause I knew it could take the heat if it had to. And I put this metal popcorn bowl upside down over it and just let the smoke build under there. Just created a little dome, yeah. a little
0: campfire next to the coffee cup yeah, for like five, and five minutes. Domed and... the smoke in there and just kind of held it in. Mm-hmm. Let it sit in the smoke for a little bit.
1: Yeah. So the cocktail is just, there's a little touch of that smoke curacao. There is mezcal. There's Aperol, about half as much as uh, percentage-wise as the Mezcal. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of grapefruit and a little splash of lemon and simple syrup. And top it off with sparkling wine. So nice. it's a twist on an Aperol spritz. That's what I was getting at it.
0: Cool, man. Uh, yeah, so this is a fun drink. It's, uh, it's smoky. It's got a light bitterness from the Aperol um, and some nice citrus. Uh, so let's make it. Yeah. yeah! All right. Cocktail time. Want to watch Joey make the cocktail? Find all of our videos on our website at lifefromthewell.com or go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Life from the Well. All right, so uh, we made the cocktail. We're back! <laughs> <laughs> we're back with our cocktails in hand. We're, we're, we're sipping them, they're delicious. Um, if you watch the video, uh, you can see that we're pretty happy with the outcome of them uh so tasting notes um sure. what do you got? throw what them do you at think me Todd. Oh, okay. i you know i i uh I, you know it's <clears throat> I just, i decided to rosemary it's delicious mm-hmm. um you know it's it's a it's a smoky slightly bitter you know you got the bubbles from the prosecco and the and like the 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 floral like the the, the rosemary oils that just kind of get in your nose right when you drink it so it's got like an abundance of things going on. But mm-hmm. uh, it's all just like really just light and refreshing, which is nice to have all of that going on. And still, like, it's just not too much for your mouth to handle, you know? Yep. It's uh, it's really delicious. That's <laughs> going to make a joke there. I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, uh, no, go ahead. Lean in. Um, too much for your mouth to handle. Lean into life,
1: Joey. Um, so a couple of things that I've learned over the years that I've really appreciated. I've always really liked to work closely with the chef, at the restaurant mm-hmm. or, you know, whoever's like the creative person putting stuff on the food side of the menu. For sure. Um, not only because you can share ingredients and like something seasonally available. Mm-hmm like oh my god we have like 10 pounds of blueberries right now can you use some okay i'll use like six pounds of it mm-hmm. you use like four pounds of it Thank nothing you. is going to go bad that's just efficiency in a restaurant you know and then you're also and,
0: matching cocktails to what's going on in the menu. yeah exactly so yeah. yeah
1: basically nothing bad comes out of that <laughs> partnership um but i what what i've learned about presentation because back in the day i was like just give me a shot and a beer mm-hmm. you know when i was like in my 20s and starting to work at restaurants and stuff. I was yeah. like, I don't care what it looks like. You, but presentation is really important. When you set a drink or, or a dish down on the table, you know, that a- alone makes people okay with paying a certain amount for what you're setting down, mm-hmm. you know? And right. if it looks like it's cheap garbage, yeah. even though it tastes good, you, um, it's, just it's harder to justify it, you know? And so with this cocktail, I like I like to make little color contrasts and stuff. And so with this one, adding the bright green fresh rosemary to the kind of light red uh, pink cocktail that the Campari turns it into, or the Aperol turns it into, sorry, makes it a really good contrast. And it also happens that rosemary works really well with bitter liqueurs, I feel like, especially those Italian liqueurs that I mentioned. So you get like that rosemary on the nose when you take a sip.
0: Rose on the nose.
1: Rose on the nose. Like that's just a mnemonic device we just came up with. I like but it. <laughs> put that and take it to the bank. And yeah, it, it works out. It's a summary cocktail, you got the the herbs Like you're just walking through your herb garden Mm -hmm. and you happen to have a delicious cocktail in your hand. That's kind of what it emulates
0: a little bit. And I also kind of feel like with this cocktail, you could really batch it up pretty good and make like a Mm -hmm. picture of it. Yeah, that's true. Like if you're having like, I don't know, just like a summer deck kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, But then I would, yeah, I would definitely like batch it out, the liquor
1: out, like kind of we did first and then top it with with fresh Prosecco, you know, like so it's not flat.
0: Sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's what I guess. Unless, kind you just, of unless you're work. just punch bowling it, right?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, if you don't care, at a certain point, <laughs> yeah, if you're if just you're, trying to get drunk. Yeah, if you're, if you're doing a punch bowl, then cut when up I,
0: cut up a couple of uh, grapefruits and a, and a couple of lemons and drop them in there, too. Mm-hmm. And then you got a, a nice. Uh, yeah, you can make a good punch bowl out nice of that. A nice party bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never, we, I never really thought about making punch bowls of alcohol before this kind of a new Are you sure? No, it's, I'm, I'm what about kind of excited like about this it this guy, he's always thinking about it <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs>
1: The benefit of our listeners I have a Kool-Aid punch bowl tattoo on my arm that I just showed Joey. It's a true story
0: And I knew about it, he didn't need to show me That's true, I know
1: But yeah, we pre-batch oh, okay. at my work At our work, sorry Joey
0: What is the name of this drink again?
1: The Mescaparol Spritz That's right Yeah But we uh, I like to pre-batch things To make things easier From my bartender Friends at work So we pre-batch the liquor And then Mix the fresh juice And Prosecco Or Cava Whatever on top Sparkling wine
0: Yeah It's bubs, Whatever bubs. I had had Prosecco at home Because um, uh, Bubbles Any Bubbles are good We usually have Prosecco at home Yeah My wife's a fan I like it Shout out to Brooke Shout out to Brooke Love you babe So, um, speaking of that, actually, I kind of wanted to bring this up because um, I know you also have a a wife that you you adore and a life, a life and a wife. Yeah, but they're uh, one and the same. um, same. Yeah, uh, we we met our we met our wives similarly, actually. Right. Mm -hmm. So, thanks to the service industry and bartending, Mm -hmm. you met your wife. True, that's pretty cool. Uh, Is there a story behind that? A little bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: So actually across the street from our current work Mm -hmm. is a hotel Mm -hmm. with a French restaurant and bar in the on the ground floor. And I had friends from high school who worked there like since high school got a job. They all worked there for years. It was a super fun unregulated Wild West Mm -hmm. kind of bar Mm -hmm. to work in under the facade of a pseudo fancy French restaurant. Sure. And so we would go, I would go down there to hang out with them because free booze and, <laughs> uh, or I mean, or cheap, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Bartender hookup. Yeah. Bartender yeah.
1: hookup. And, you know, get uh, French fries or their, mm. their food menu was fun and snacky. And
0: then you got to hang out with your friends while they worked. And yeah.
1: And then Amber, my wife started working there and, would eventually come out after work to whatever local bar we would go to. Mm-hmm. And that's how we met through, through those mutual friends. Um, and, and then it pays to mention she had a three-year-old son at the time, who's now my 15 year old stepson. So mm-hmm. shout out to Kellen. And then, what up, Dad? yeah, because <laughs> I know he's in the podcast, not video games. So. <laughs> While he's playing video games. He listens. I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's how you educate he's yourself? Cultured man. Yeah. Cultured fifteen year old. I love him. <laughs> and uh, we also have a seven seven year old uh, named Duke. So, but anyways, after we met, Duke
0: Ham is his middle name. Nu- Nuke.
1: Yes. We no. We definitely we toyed with
0: the idea. <laughs> Glad you got there. <laughs> uh, I feel like it had to come up. Oh I do, yeah. I do call you the sheriff of Tottingham. That's true. That's
1: we also. Probably one of the best. ones. If we had a girl, we we're thinking about making her middle name May. Mayhem. Mayhem. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, mean, I like it. But yeah, we so we 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 would hang. You say out. We, we? You mean you? Right? It's, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Amber at least got a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. She gave you the courtesy. Wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Never made it past the planning stages. Yeah. So we would we would hang out, and then one night. Mm-hmm. fateful night we went out to uh this bar in ballard called king's hardware i've been there yeah and then <laughs> i lived a couple blocks off of that ballard avenue strip and mm-hmm. so all of us went back to our apartment that i shared with my friend pat shout out to pat what's up pat um you know and just hanging out and uh, everybody else kind of was leaving and i just looked at amber and i was like hey girl <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst i didn't know what to say i didn't know what to say I so I was, like, I was like hey hey girl uh-huh. and she was like hey boy <laughs> and then we made out <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and now we're we've been married for nine years now
0: i love it yep. i think i think she told me that story once and it was it was exactly the same. You was that same term. She's like, first thing it you ever said to me was, hey, girl.
1: <laughs> I know. That's I one it. for the grandkids.
0: That is one for the grandkids. they yeah. hear it. Hey, How'd you girl. meet grandpa?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to pour a little this rainier to freshen up the bubbles in this cocktail. Here, I
0: got...
1: it's just... Pour a little
0: of this house beer. Yeah, That's what we call it. House beer? Oh, yeah, I love like it. So house, do you have a house wine? Do you have a house beer? There should just be a house beer. Yeah. I just got us a house tequila at work.
1: We bought a uh I talked my company into... We get one. Loosely talked my restaurant company into spending a bunch of money into letting us purchase a whole barrel of our own tequila. From who? From Arete Tequila. Oh, fantastic. Shout out to Arete. Yeah, we love so, those
0: guys. They make really good tequila.
1: Small backstory about... Almost two years ago, I organized a, uh, a, tr- a work training trip to Guadalajara and the town of Tequila.
0: Um, I'm so bummed out I missed that.
1: Oh, I know. Well, to be, you were going on another vacation.
2: But well, I, I right, had, right yeah, before that, before you, you just get got into that, I, yeah. I,
0: I had just gotten back from like a two week trip to Europe, like oh, yeah. the Monday before you, you left it. that Friday. So I was like, I, I was the one that stayed home and worked all the shifts for everybody while they were in Mexico. But anyways, get into your story, because it's way more interesting than me bitching about (laughs) not going. And so I, it was through uh, this
1: group of tequila companies, Arete, Fortaleza, and Calle uh, 23, and Don Fulano. (laughs) And they're all just really close together in the town of Tequila. And so all we had to pay for was the... The plane ticket, and then we basically just, you know, all all I wanted out of it was to give us all, like, a really boots on the ground kind of walk around of the actual area and, like, what the, the culture in the area was like and, like, meet real people who are making this tequila. Mm-hmm. And we got to watch them make it. We got to help blow the glass bottles at their bottle factory. That's cool. And... Yes. We tried it at all these various stages. The production of agave is extremely fascinating, like endlessly fascinating, mm-hmm. I feel like. It's, it's one of those kinds of spirits and even uh, just fermented alcoholic beverages like wine, for example, where you get a ton of terroir from. So um, by that, I mean like it's pretty the flavors from the actual plant really come through Mm -hmm. you know you can taste like the the differences in the kind of soil from the region that it's made from right just the same as like different varieties of wine yeah you can can tell the elevation from
0: oh yeah whether it's yeah yeah and Mm. it's it makes a big difference which it was grown i should say not just elevation it's not just flying above us (laughs) how high you are yeah uh
1: yeah the highland agaves and lowland Mm -hmm. makes a big difference and so we got to we got to see that try the ordinario which is basically after one distillation after you know it, they let it ferment in big tanks and then they distill it once and it's ordinario and they distill it twice to legally make it tequila mm-hmm. and then some some places distill it more times than that but i don't think that's necessary it just makes it smoother especially for like american audiences who mm-hmm. just want something smooth
0: I said, we. the more you distill it, the the more impurities it takes from the. Yeah. Impurities, eventually, if you, if you distill it enough times, it just becomes vodka, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, and they have. We <laughs> have learned over yeah. the years that they do make an agave
0: vodka. Yeah, we have one of those at the place we work. Yeah. And we it's can make it's uh, a. I'll say this of it, it's good, but. I really wish that they would just use it for tequila because of the limited amount of agave that grows in this world. You yeah. don't want to use too much of it to make vodka when you can there's make a delicious, finite, and delicious tequila with it.
1: For sure. And, and sometimes there are agave shortages. And that's that's one thing I would want like American audiences especially to like understand is mm-hmm. that with both food and you know True. beverages, like where you get your stuff from, sometimes there's a finite amount of it. Mm-hmm. And so like buying consciously is really important. I feel like if there's a huge blue Weber agave shortage, prices of tequila is going to go through the roof and those farmers and stuff are put in a tough place. You know, sometimes that's when Mm -hmm. crime can happen, you know, um,
0: you got to make money somehow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I'm glad to see out of that, that other alternative Mexican spirits, like mezcal, mm-hmm. Sotal, Ricea, bacanora are starting to starting to gain some prevalence, yeah. foothold because it takes a little bit of stress off of that blue Weber agave market, mm-hmm. and it's a more definitely more sustainable.
0: What's well, funny because the tequila, like um, you know, people don't know, like the the region, like Mexico is broken up into regions as far as like where the agave plant grows and mm-hmm. and what region produces what product. You know, much like in France, you have you know the the. Oh, the regions for wine and everything, you mm-hmm. know, or, or and you can't your call cognacs it cognacs and your armagnacs, and you know, in, in Mexico, it's it's Mexico, it's like you said. There's there's five five different types of spirit, Re- like recognized, I think, recognized yeah. um, domains of origin, lead. the DOS, yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're all five of those are considered mezcal. It's the mezcal region, except yeah, except right? so tall because except it's so tall?
1: Uh, genetically a cousin of. Agave, agave like thing. some what do you call it, that kind of scientist? Botanist. Okay. <laughs> some sure. botanist in uh-huh. like the nineties or eighties decided that Sotal actually was a varietal species cousin of the agave plant. Like aloe vera. Something, yeah. <laughs> but called the desert spoon plant, the sotal uh-huh. plant. Okay. And so but it's it looks basically the same and they prepare it basically the same. Mm-hmm. But in addition to not being able to call something tequila or Mezcal, if it's not from a certain area, also there are production differences too, Speci- like just regional. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so like with Mezcal, as we definitely know, they usually smoke the agaves Yeah. So to what, caramelize what, the sugar.
0: To put the question out there, what is the biggest difference between tequila and Mezcal for all the people that ask that oh, every yeah. day? <laughs>
1: so Blue Weber agave is what tequila has to be made of. A specific species of agave and then they generally just caramelize the sugars by cooking that agave with just straight heat and mm-hmm. steam uh, with mezcal they caramelize the sugars by cooking the agaves in generally like earthen they bury them mm-hmm. and smoke them in earthen pits so they're mm-hmm.
0: a lot more smoky that's why so they dig a big pit mm-hmm. put down hot embers like all, all around the pit yeah. And, they'll put, and then they'll just layer these agave plants in there and bury it. Yeah. And, and mescal. a pipe in the middle. Yeah, to like so let they can that, put water and steam it exactly. and like, you know, control the control the burn a little bit.
1: Yeah. And then and mezcal can be made with any number of species of agave. There's no limitation. Mm hmm. Whereas tequila has to be
0: the blue wiper. Nice. Mm hmm. There you go. I That's fun. <laughs> Some tequila knowledge. <laughs> I love it. Uh, any 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 sh- like irregular stories about customers you'd like to share then? <laughs> any anything worth worth uh, talking about? Interesting things. Uh, so like you said, we what what were you talking about there? We had a- oh yeah, well that oh, that one was a yeah. that was a fun that day. was a
1: jolly fun time where the the best part of it was that you weren't even on the clock. I just clocked. Um, Correct. I was bartending one night and uh, it was almost. Closing time, and these four people I think walked through the door. And two of them were just totally pleasant and mostly mm. sober and yeah. trying to order food, yeah, and uh, you know, a drink. And their two just it, clumsily intoxicated friends, you know, came and sat at the bar and were like berating us, trying to order drinks. And I didn't think that was a good idea so i said no in a very nice way you know Mm -hmm. i was like you know guy i I can get you water like let's just get you guys some food yeah you know trying to to slow
0: walk them because you always get people that come in that are drunk and you have Mm -hmm. to find a way to like you're like all right, i don't want to kick them out of the restaurant you know they can stay here and eat i just got to find a way to you know not not get them drunker (laughs) Yeah. Right, Cause it's against the law. I mean, really. It's against the law, the and
1: rules, so. you just have to phrase it, you know, in a way cuz mm-hmm. they it doesn't upset a fragile drunk ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know like, hey, if I mean, if they keep pushing it, you you, you come up with mechanisms like mm-hmm. like, "Oh, hey man, I just want you to be able to, I just want to make sure you get home safe." Like like, "I think you would regret that in the morning." Or right. something you like that. Try to be that. their friend, right? Yeah, you try to be their buddy. Yeah. And they did not want to be our friends. No. They s- started one especially was like, "Oh, it must be real great to be this big, powerful fucking bartender." And he called you a bar manager. Oh, yeah. Said most. Be oh, because I think he asked for the manager, and I was like, "No, like he didn't
0: even <laughs> know." He called you the bar manager because I remember later you were oh, surprised that it. he knew that you were the bar. He's like, "How do you know I was the bar manager?" <laughs>
1: so, I thought it was like the Chappelle show, and he's like, "Guess what? I am the manager." Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a funny. Did you do that? You might have done. Yeah, it was maybe. Pretty funny. Was, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> we've said stupider things.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that guy was funny because you cut him off or you told him, though, no, and then like he took his friend's drink. Oh, yeah, and I think I like pulled the drink and away because I you was like, you caught him no, drinking his friend's drink. And you're like, I can't have this. And he's like, or you said, hey, don't do that. And you said, okay. And he looked at you and he took a sip, like <laughs> making eye contact. And you're like, okay man.
1: Yeah. And you were, Joey yeah. was sitting at the bar next to these guys. I was sitting
0: right next to the guy that was fucking with you. Yeah. Like, Cause he had just gotten right off, clocked out was and drinking was a having beer. like I his my, first beer. I had my jacket on. I didn't look like yeah. an
1: employee. Didn't look like an employee. And so then when he started saying stuff like that, like, Oh man,
0: he, so yeah, like once you caught him, like, twice he started you were reading. like man you're like you're you, you said that's it like just get out of here because i said he had he had to get the fuck out of here yeah you said that's <laughs> it get the fuck out of here because he had he had you know he had uh you had warned him twice and then by the third time he made eye contact and blatantly disregarded what you said so mm-hmm. it was it was like a two-year-old disobeying but this guy is like in his mid-20s yeah um yeah, so was, get the fuck out of here. So and then he starts yelling and he started name calling, he started swearing, and and uh so that's that's when I stepped in. Joey took it upon himself to come to my assistance and
1: uh and escort him out. <laughs> you know. Um
0: It was a wrist. But there was a, was a little collar. emotion involved. You know, sure. Yeah,
1: but we Joey uh took him out kind of by the uh the the scruff of his coat a little bit I just and I just went through the, the front door. And at, by the end, the time that Joey and this person got to the entryway, his other drunk friend mm-hmm. came and tackled Joey and this other guy out on the sidewalk. And then there was some punching and I, um, got, I got punched a couple of times, but you got a couple good ones. And I saw,
0: I have, yeah, a little bit later on, on the guy that tackled me.
1: Yeah. And then
0: I I like, yeah.
1: I grabbed that guy by the (laughs) back of the shirt to pull him off of view, and I just ripped his shirt completely off. Yeah. And then both of them got their shirts ripped. Yeah, that's what happens when you come into. And then,
0: well, so the guy that tackled me, the other guy, was punching me because the guy tackled me, and I I grabbed him, and was holding him in place. And then his friend punched me in the head a couple times. And then I like reached up and grabbed that guy, and then he just disappeared.
1: Oh yeah, because our coworker Zach from the kitchen line yeah. who's a big guy—ran out and just body slammed the other guy. Mm-hmm. He just disappeared. Yeah,
0: and and then we got up.
1: They just walked off all. <laughs> well, then we got drunk up and, defeated. and they tried.
0: They tried to keep fighting us, and mm-hmm. we're like, "No, we're just gonna go inside." So then we went inside, and then they kept trying to come back in, and they were like, "They're for, they were sending their friends in, and they're like, oh, yeah. they want to come in and apologize to you guys." <laughs> And we're like, we'd not tell them to come back tomorrow. We don't want to talk mm-hmm. to them right now. We're kind of mad at them. They just punched <laughs> us. <laughs> so, so they, they didn't come back the next day. hmm. No. That was weird. And it was funny because they had just come out of, uh, we, we worked next to a movie theater and they had just come out of, uh, a showing of La La Land. So I remember a, that part. It was a real rough crowd. Mm hmm. But if you look back, the musical crowd, if you look back chronologically, the the time of year that was and the the specific, the very specific time of year and time in the decade and time in our history as a country that was, was that was about a week after Donald Trump got elected. So there were a lot, there was a lot of people that were 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 emotional and and kind of frustrated and didn't really know what to do with themselves. I think there was in that week, I had two physical altercations where I had to remove people from the bar. Oh, people yeah, were just they got drunk and, and they just didn't politics. know it. What's that? Yeah, like yeah. that one gentleman Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the the guy that lived upstairs that We were just waiting to to say the wrong thing and finally he said the wrong thing And then he and then he very and then he did a bunch of other wrong things <laughs> So, I was like, All right, man, you're out. He grabbed your hair. That's when you had long hair. Yeah, you pull you grabbed my hair. Yeah And then and then just and then,
1: as a general rule of thumb you shouldn't mm-hmm. grab uh, Your bartender by their hair.
0: Yeah he was removed while they're working (laughs) briskly after that he was he was out the door within seconds of grabbing my hair and then and then and then there and then before I knew it there were like three or four guys standing behind me and so he just he backed down real quick and just kind of left and then yeah he threatened like he was we actually had to threaten to call the police on him because he was I think he was on something other than just alcohol that's that's mm-hmm. more. That's more downtown living, right there. That guy would come in, it was crack, and all. Crack I'm just gonna go on record and say yet. that it was crack. Yeah, he didn't even remember. He came in the next day and like tried to get a drink. Mm-hmm. And yeah. our other buddy Shay, he was like, "You can't come in here, man. You pulled Joey's hair." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I pulled Joey's hair." Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Do you believe in aliens?
1: I definitely believe in aliens. Dude. I also believe in ghosts.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Let's, let's stick with aliens. for Do a you second. want more? Okay. Yeah. I, I wanna, right, no, just ahead. cause like people don't like that. I ask this question, but I'm into it, man. Like the, if you, uh, why would you not ask uh, it? It's one
1: of the most important questions in the entire universe.
0: I mean, acknowledging that we're not alone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big thing. For, I think it's a big, a uh, big step we need to take as a society.
1: It's a mark of humility. Yeah. I just know.
0: be like, Oh, we're just little ants on a log here, man. There's mm-hmm. there's other creatures out there that know how to, that know how to, manipulate gravity. Yeah, a, those I just spaceships think ships have gravity drives where they can, whoosh, they can Dude, Yeah, you're making a couple of jumps. No, yeah, I know. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go deep. I'll go deep. Check out Bob Lazar, um anything to do with him. He he there, there's a there's a documentary about him on Netflix right now. Um Bob Lazar, it's like flying saucers and something an Area 51 or something like that. Or,
1: what kind of cocktails do you think aliens make?
0: Oh, the best. Yeah. Probably like the that's what, that's, I mean, just watch Rick and Morty, man. <laughs> you're getting, oh, or, yeah. or Futurama or, you know.
1: The, but Rick usually just brings his own hooch wherever like he goes. has
0: R- Rick's flask. But they go to other bars, like intergalactic bars, yeah, right. and they drink stuff there you're too. Right. And there's always things that like, you know, they melt your insides or they, they change your perspective <laughs> on life. You know, it's more than just, it's more than just, they attack things other than just your liver. Mm-hmm. Um, And that, that's what I think is exciting to me is, you know, to see, uh. What, what other kind of concoctions we can get from these aliens? Yeah. The I, I, want, I want drinks to go after my kidneys, man.
1: <laughs> terrestrial bars are limited by the ingredients on
0: our one planet. Unless you have a replicator. Mm-hmm. Yep. If that's even a thing. But, you know, I watch sci-fi, so I believe it could be. And then there's that canteen in Star Wars. Where I think they, where the truth
1: just, is out there is the bottom line.
0: Yeah. The truth is out there, and the truth is getting closer. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of cover-up for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, moral of the story is, I'll
1: see you at Area 51 in September. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give that? us our alien cocktails, oh, <laughs> government assholes. <laughs> we just want some alien booze. <laughs> Quit hiding
0: that <laughs> alien hooch from us. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, when you go out and you're you're just cruising, you know, going bar to bar or whatever. And you're just trying to have like a good time. Like what's one of the things that you would say, I don't want to, I don't want to focus too much on the negative. I just like to bring this Mm -hmm. up every once in a while. That, like, you see a lot of bartenders doing that. You're just like, come on guys. Like that's a, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're better than that or, or, you know. Yeah. I think, uh,
1: the main thing is just that you're on stage. Mm -hmm. And so it's a kind of a courtesy to be if being efficient isn't just good for your job it's like um it's good for all the people you're waiting on you know and that's basically the the one thing that i'll notice i don't necessarily care if um, somebody makes a cocktail differently than i would or you know even like i don't know does something grabs a lime with their bare hand or something like Mm -hmm. that i'm like whatever you know but if you are you're just standing over in the corner talking to the coworkers or texting on your phone or something like that. And you've got all these people at the bar that you hadn't said hi to or something. I get that. I'm sitting at a bar and I feel like I should greet yeah, the people, the guests, the people that customers that just sat down next to me sometimes, uh, you know, or run that food I see in the window It's kind of a, it's a little bit of a curse having worked in a restaurant. And I, if I'm doing that, Always like I, I try nobody. to stop myself sometimes like, you know, we, we all like to chat with our coworkers and, um, that's one of the most fun parts of the job, mm-hmm. but we're on, we are on stage. It's not like we're in an office cubicle job talking at the water cooler unless we're behind the curtain, you know, in the back, right. Customers can just see us well, off the floor, not I mean, that's the... helping them, right. So that's that's just the one thing that I I will always notice. As long yeah, as you,
0: if you can see the customers, they can usually see you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing something productive, you look lazy to them.
1: Oh yeah, I always try to like clean yeah. or something. Right. If if there's nothing to do, it's also a common courtesy. Mm-hmm. It, it's a courtesy to people who are like sitting at the bar trying to have conversation, not to just like stand there with your arms crossed. You know. Yeah. Do you guys need anything yet? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> just let yeah. them talk. Stay busy. <laughs> Go clean and, something.
0: Stay busy until someone needs you. Yep. Time to lean, time to clean. Mhm. so on the other end of things, uh as far as um if if there was like a message to customers as far as like
1: like how to be a courteous guest?
0: Yeah, what 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 what's something that people could do if they wanted to be better at, you know, dining out, you know, mm. what's something that they could maybe practice that that you found that is
1: that's a good question, Joey, and I'm glad you asked that. One thing that I always notice is when I walk into a restaurant and I just never assume that I'm going to seat myself, for example. And this is something that's definitely relevant to us in our restaurant. We have this big, please wait to be seated sign, mm-hmm. and people continue. Not everybody, like, there's a huge, Percentage of people who stand, you know, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll wait.
0: There's still like a good thirty percent of people in. though, I think that ignore it.
1: Yeah, and but when I walk into a place, I definitely never assume that. Oh, there's a table over there. I'll, I'm just going to seat myself. Yeah, it's basically like the old country buffet, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so well, I like, guess just waiting for the people who the people who work there know how best. To serve you
0: so (laughs) i was actually thinking about this the other day um because i remember uh when my wife actually got a job as a hostess in a restaurant Mm -hmm. i was talking to it was like one of her first restaurant gigs and i was telling her but like how like important that role is actually because the person that controls the flow of people into the restaurant like Mm -hmm. controls the flow of the restaurant Mm -hmm. right um it's like a domino effect yeah you have multiple servers working and if like you know, four tables in a row walk in and all four of those tables get to pick where they seat. They all sit in one person's section, Mm -hmm. you know, then, then one, it unevenly distributes, you know, the work. It takes that one server a certain amount of time to greet each one of those tables. And then all of those food orders come in around the same time. And so the kitchen gets all of that at the same time. The bar gets all the drinks at the same time. And there's just this, it's this backup flow of, of, um, just kind of an all at once where versus if you could see each one of those tables in a different section, you know, they would each get greeted right around the same time. They would each, um, you know, have, they would all have their food put in, you know, at a pretty decent stage. The kitchen yeah. would get it all, you know, at a pretty decent pace. The bar would get it all at a pretty decent pace. So everything would come out in a little bit of a more, more even sequence um, in general. So mm-hmm. by waiting at the front, you're helping the entire restaurant really operate um, mm-hmm. at its optimal pace. Um, uh, yeah, if you can
1: wait to be seated by the people who work in the restaurant, you know, and they're going to seat you in, uh, the appropriate sequence and you're probably actually going to get quicker service mm-hmm. and the things you ordered quicker. Absolutely. So that's always something I noticed. Yeah, totally.
0: Nice, I like that. Thanks for bringing that up because that mm-hmm. that's funny because I there was no shit just thinking about that like two days ago. It's saying.
1: just kind of a basic infrastructure thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are always there are other things like. Also, don't be a dick. You know, there no, just you in should, general, don't be a dick. You yeah. should also probably not be a dick. Yeah, but that that encompasses pretty much every other gripe. that That's that's that for we all have. the
0: bartenders and all the servers and all the cooks and. Yeah, that's just, that's just life advice. I think for everybody, it's just out life there. advice. Hashtag. If you're good at
1: life, you're good at being a bar customer. Yeah, but other than that, also wait to be seated.
0: <laughs> we'll edit that out. We're gonna edit my burp out and keep your laugh in. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, "What's he laughing at?" <laughs> um, did you ever wear a forearm sweatband? I did. Nice. Um, not what? while bartending. Oh man, that was like a bartender thing. Was for it
1: a really long time? That's funny. No, in high school football, I mm-hmm. thought it was. Uh, I mean, I like nowadays. I like to garnish my drinks with. Uh, Stuff that makes it look cool. Mm-hmm. I like to garnish my football uniform with things that make it look cool. And yeah. so I would wear a couple multiple armbands on my left arm. Oh, nice.
0: Different colors and stuff. So you could...
1: Yeah, every now and then. and Yeah. Be fancy. Because I, I felt like if you could more easily pick me out, like, you know, my friends or family in the crowd, mm-hmm. everybody else looks the same. Yeah. He's a the guy same uniform. Armband. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that guy. I was a idiot. I'm going to be a teacher.
0: Yeah, you're good at finding the middle ground. Yeah, that, so that was actually something I wanted to ask you about. So, oh, yeah. now that you're, um, you've been in the service industry forever. You, you mentioned an English degree earlier. Great mm-hmm. um, writing. You've yeah. been. Um, you also mentioned being in school again earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's all that building up to? So, uh, using the service industry as something that got you to the next thing. What's the next thing for you?
1: Um, so I'm a little over halfway done with this master's in teaching program that I'm doing, and when school gets back in session, I'm, I'm already also a substitute teacher, mm-hmm. and this is why <laughs> I I had to st- I had to step down uh, after that like five or six months stint as a salaried manager, mm-hmm. um, so I could actually go to grad school and get my homework done and substitute teach and see my family sometimes. Sure. And so, we'll, yeah, when, uh, when I'm, when school is back in session in the fall, then I'll, I'll be transitioning into just doing that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very strange. I'm yeah. going to be leaving the service industry.
0: First time you're a in how many years?
1: Uh, first time in, in 15 years that I won't have worked in a restaurant. And the biggest stress anxiety that I had was, becoming a morning person (laughs) even before like when i was a child when i was a kid the entire time growing up i was a night owl Mm -hmm. and i would have trouble sleeping i had terrible insomnia when i was a kid Mm -hmm. all the way from little kid teenager um to adult like i always had trouble sleeping Mm -hmm. and so the service industry was actually a natural fit for me because i did not mind working nights sure at all and i guess well, that's something i should have m- mentioned earlier in my story yeah I know, it's night school but this is actually it's going to be a challenge for me but mm-hmm. it's going to be beneficial i think toward being me being able to see my kids and for wife sure. more often yeah
0: you'll see i mean i think like with with anything like once you start um doing it you know your body's gonna adjust really quick
1: yeah what i'm hoping is that uh my body will get used to Operating off a little bit less sleep mm-hmm. and then that'll allow me to fall asleep more easily at night and Fair enough And then I'll pack in like an exercise regimen during the day so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to be able to use that like high school Weight room and oh, and yeah, track. You, get, you get access. To all that, huh? yeah, it's like having that's a free fine. gym membership. That's, that's pretty cool. That's basically why I got into this. <laughs> just so you go work out at the school, yeah. I could run around their track, yeah. I could, that's fine. I'm gonna work out with the high school football team, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, my shoulder heels
0: just get all jacked. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd be like the assistant football coach or something, or the football coach. Oh man, I that's He's such a huge English job. Teacher to football coach.
1: I, I definitely know that I will help out with some clubs and extracurriculars and stuff, but mm-hmm. like being a full time coach or whatever also is such a huge time yeah. commitment. Especially I've, for like, the I have schools. friends you have who the, do that. You
0: have the, the practice and the games and it's a year round, everything in between. Yeah. yeah.
1: Never be afraid to go down rabbit holes and explore all the, of your extracurricular activities. Yeah. I'm not even talking about school. I Especially mean, in, when they're in available to you. Yeah, when live. they're available to you, take advantage of your resources mm-hmm. and
0: say yes. Say yes. Yeah. Say yes to experiences. You might find something that'll change your life. Exactly. You might find something that you want to do for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. Or at least the time.
1: And also learn your, learn your history, meet your, meet your local tribes, have, uh, I don't know, just acknowledge your fellow people, you know, <laughs> For sure. That's all. That's something that I'm trying to tie into mm-hmm. curriculums now. And I think it's really important to acknowledge so that's my to, final to acknowledge
0: plug. the people around you and, and
1: everybody. Yeah. Not just mm-hmm. certain perspective, pre pre prescribed pres, perspectives, you know?
0: Yeah. No, listen to like everybody has a perspective and it comes from something, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just people, you know, assholes aren't just born assholes, you know, like there's usually something that, that, got them there. There's some, there's somebody or something that happened to them, you know, yeah. in life that they feel was unfair or was unfair. You know, you never know, really know. It's all just kind of how we all perceive life as it's happening to us anyways. I have had people that come in that like just work their way into the restaurant started asking every table for food. Oh yeah. That Those always are the happens Those people you kind of have to like, I don't know, that's, a, that's always a, 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 tough situation too, where, you know, you, <laughs> have your tables that are sitting there dining and you have this, this hungry guy that all they want is food mm-hmm. it's, it's also a philosophical in restaurant you, you sure. just kind of have to figure something out in that situation I've, I've taken to you know just kind of you know try to talk to him. you create some sort of dialogue get them mm-hmm. get him over to the front door area and then you know if they're if they're really hungry you know it doesn't take much to get a little bit of food from the kitchen or yeah you, you know, acknowledge just acknowledge him as a person and you know i i mean at this point, I'll just them like a, I'll get them like I'll get a kids burrito, and I'll, I'll get you know, it's like two bucks for me to with an employee discount to get them a bean mm-hmm. and cheese burrito just just so they have something to eat and go out the door and they can yeah. move on. If we're it. not busy and we have the time, then, then it's that's okay. the other thing. If yeah. it's a rush and I don't have time, I mean like then i just be like man like, but I don't know if, if I'm called into the situation and I'm I'm dealing with it. You know there, there's there's only a few ways you can deal with it without like being a total asshole. I feel like, you know, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. you, you come in hard, but then you have, you know, it's just a person and it's just a person that's, that's hungry and, and they, they, they're to the point now where their, their ego is crushed so much that they're just, they're asking anyone and then everyone, they see it cause they're hungry. And so in some. I don't, I oh yeah, I like, don't care at that point. You know, so I, I, like I can said, I can help someone that that's desperate. That's that desperate. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes we think our life is hard because we're hangry because it's we're eating lunch two hours
0: late yeah, or something. I mean, but they I, literally exactly. you skipped know, a meal. Sometimes people have skipped many meals. You mm-hmm. know. Um, all right, folks, it's last call around these parts, and last call means where's the after party? Do you got another shot in you, or are you done with shots? We just took a shot. John. I know that's what I'm asking you. No, you can take a shot. Okay, we did our last call shot already. <laughs> uh, have to go. I have to go be a dad. Todd's done all of his uh, shout-outs. Is there any you know uh, on 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 the internet? Where can we find you? Is that, do you want to throw that out there? Or do you care? Does it matter? The internet. I, yeah, in, I, Instagrams. I your so, your I got social up. Needs.
1: Early enough in the social media technology game that I'm usually just at Todd Ham. That's pretty good. T o d d h a m m. Todd de Yeah, there is. So <laughs> I've made the joke dozens of times that the the nurse who drew up my birth certificate must have had a stutter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but <Pretty good. laughs> I'm going to make that joke when I have my own classroom, <laughs> of course, and, and they'll see all be if like, anybody's uh, paying attention. Mm-hmm. But yeah, two D's and two M's. It's a very sy- symmetrical name.
0: Is your middle name Aaron?
2: <laughs>
1: it's Frederick. I'm named. My middle name is. Frederick. I'm named after Frederick Ma. He used to be the old West Coast Gung Fu master. Oh, nice. Um, my dad was very Bruce into Gung Fu. Lee, uh,
0: it, he was Gung Fu, right? Oh, that was his. Yeah, yeah. That's what he came. That's what he came over. That was like his first um, martial art. Yeah. Before it's he before he created uh, his own branch. The, the way of the interrupting fist I I want to say it wrong I yeah I, I can't so. remember the name of I know the English branch, translation for it but I don't know the Chinese word for it you're yeah saying? yeah kung oh, fu was, was like his was his first uh, martial art I think you're right
1: and I always try to harness that nice and whenever I make a decision even though I don't know how to execute any of those martial arts moves
0: <laughs> that's right you tap into the spiritual side of it
1: yeah yeah which is equally as important.
0: Yeah, it really is. Martial arts is, 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 mental, is as mental as it is physical, if not more. Yes. All right. Um, Who wants shots? Todd, uh, Todd Ham on Instagram. Todd of Hamama. Hamama. Uh, we've had our drinks. We've shared our stories. It's last call. We drank our shots. <laughs> so that wraps up one more Life from the Well. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks, Todd, for talking. Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely it's been a pleasure do you think and you know, as always five? thanks to uh peter even though he's sick today mm-hmm. he's still part of this he's still part of what got us here um thanks to the den mother kelly, Shout Ooh, to kelly. love you that's another episode in the books high five another okay <laughs> why not thanks for listening to life from the well full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Join us next week for another new cocktail and guest.